In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I beg your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today we celebrate the feast of Blessed Alvaro del Portillo for the first time, May 12th, 2015, after his beatification on September 27th, 2014. The feast day that was chosen, or the date for the feast day, was chosen because it is the anniversary of his first communion. Somehow, all the other significant dates of Blessed Alvaro's life would consistently fall in Lent or overlap with some other uh, major solemnity in the Church. And so, the prelature has decided to ask the Holy See if this would be a good day to have his feast day. And the Holy See agreed, and so there we have it, the anniversary of his first Holy Communion. One of the things that Don Alvaro was known for, as Cardinal Amado said in the homily of beatification in Spain, he was known for his humility, and he was also known for his faithfulness. But today, I want to point out another virtue of Don Alvaro, which was his fortitude, his fortitude. In fact, he was given a nickname by St. Josemaria, and that was the nickname Saxum, which means rock in Latin. He wrote him a letter. St. Josemaria wrote Blessed Alvaro a letter in 1939, and he said, these words to him. May Jesus watch over you, Saxum. And yes, that is what you are. I see that the Lord is giving you strength and making operative in you this word of mine, Saxum. Thank him for this and remain faithful to him, despite so many things. If only you could see how great is my longing to be a saint and to make saints of all of you. Love and my blessing, Mariano. Mariano was the name that St. Josemaria used to sign his letters during the Civil War, and after the Civil War, he kept it out of devotion to Mary. And it is actually one of his names, one of his, I think it's his fourth name, <clears throat> and he just kept it. But here in this letter, this brief letter, we see how St. Josemaria wants to make Don Alvaro a saint. He wants to make him a saint. And he notices that Don Alvaro has a key quality, which is his fortitude. And that's why he calls him Rock, Saxum. Look at sacred scripture. How many times we see the Holy Spirit use this language of rock in order to 
signify fortitude, which is really based on the fortitude of God. If we look at the Old Testament, we see a beautiful passage in the book, second book of Samuel, where it says the following, chapter 22, And David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the land of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, quote, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Here we see how David relies on the fortitude, on the strength of God to deliver him from his enemies. And of course, we hopefully we don't have any enemies uh, who are people, but we do have the, the great enemy of our sinfulness, of our pride, the devil who tempts us. And we need to fight against that enemy, those enemies, <clears throat> so that we too can become saints like St. Josemaria and hopefully soon Blessed Alvaro. How do we do that? Fortitude. Fortitude is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's not something we conquer in. It's something we participate in from God. It really is the fortitude of God who can overcome all obstacles. And if we really have a share of that fortitude, then we too can become those saxa or rocks like the Nalvaro. In Psalm 40, we read, Set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. It's a brief line, but it says so much. We are praying in, with the voice of, of the psalmist, who really is, in the end, Christ, who gives us the, his, his word so that we can make his word our own. And we pray, we make that prayer our own to the Father. We, we ask the Father, set, me, set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Send us rocks so that we can follow them and, and, and know where to go, know how to, how to pray, how to decide certain difficult issues. We need people who are participating in this virtue and in this gift of fortitude, of courage, to enlighten us, Lord. And we ask you to send them to us so that we can be sure-footed on our path to holiness. This is who Don Alvaro became. He, he participated in the holy fortitude that the Holy Spirit inspires in his saints to build the church. We see that our Lord did it himself. He is the rock <clears throat> upon which the church is built. There is no other foundation, says St. Paul. And yet he chose Peter, Cephas, to be a first stone upon which uh, Jesus himself would build his church. He, Peter became uh, 
the living stone, the living stone that he would later speak about in his own letter, living stone, which means that he has a will and he can move and he could decide to be shaped or not according to the the um, the chiseling of the Holy Spirit. And we are, he says, we are called to be living stones. We are called to be living stones that can be used by God to build up his church. Well, that is what the Navarro did with his willpower, in which was elevated then by grace. He would not have been able to do it just with pure willpower. That would have been, you know, something that Pelagius would would have um, would have said. You know, that you can become a saint just simply because you will it, or because you 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 know you just say where well, there's a will there's a way and I'm going to do it and that's it I'm gun ho I'm you know no it's not that saints are not they don't get their fortitude from their from their own willpower but from God and yet there is a certain cooperation that is required in saints so that they cooperate with God in making them this living stone and that takes freedom and that takes obviously uh, an exercise of our will and what we want to ask for right now through the intercession of blessed alvaro is that we be docile enough to let the holy spirit you know chisel us hack away at those at those things that that cannot be used for building building the church or building our our community around Jesus Christ because they are totally um, superfluous, you know, our defects, you know, which don't go well in the family, don't go well in the church, don't go well wherever we are at work, you know, whatever surrounding we have. We need to be docile. And we asked an Alvaro for that grace to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in shaping us. St. Augustine said many times, <clears throat> or actually St. Augustine said once, but Pope Benedict quoted many times this passage of St. Augustine's, God who created you without you will not save you without you. Which means that, yes, God has given us everything. He has given us our lives, our, our lives, but he will not save us without our cooperation. He will not save us without our two cents worth of contribution. And, and we choose that. We, 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 we can go at, at, at God's pace or we can go at our pace. You know, and, and whether or not we behave as God wants us to behave, many great things depend, said St. Maria in the way. You know, so think about your role in becoming rock like blessed alvaro how docile can i be how docile can you be in saying yes to the holy spirit so that you can become a better building block for the church wherever you are wherever god has put you remember people need that rock so that they can step securely and therefore, whether or not we gain in a virtue today can mean many things. I mean, right now we are definitely enjoying the the um, 
the generosity of Blessed Alvaro to have been that rock because we are all benefiting from his example and the graces that Jesus sends us through his intercession. Many people have pointed out that in 1975, when Blessed Alvaro um, was elected uh, as the head of Opus Dei, um, as the first successor of St. Josemaria in governing this little part of the church, as St. Josemaria called it, Opus Dei, this little flock, that people didn't know what Don Alvaro's voice was like, even though they had seen him many times next to St. Josemaria. And perhaps they had been in get-togethers with both of them, but they had never heard Blessed Alvaro speak, you know. And that usually it was because Blessed Alvaro didn't want any any glory for himself. He really didn't want to call attention to his merits or whatever he had done. And his MO was really to disappear and to take second place, to take, you know, backstage to serve in a way that was not seen. So he was always there next to St. Josemaria, like his shadow. But he he really never um, wanted to to be recognized for anything he did or for his role. And yet, we could say right now that Don Alvaro was instrumental in St. Josemaria's own path to holiness because we now know that he was St. Josemaria's own spiritual director. And that takes a lot of fortitude. It takes a lot of fortitude to disappear and then to guide a saint, to guide a saint to holiness, who was not a saint then yet. You know, St. Josemaria was uh, a priest who was in love with God, but as he said, he was a sinner. We're all sinners. And we need someone to help us, someone to help us up the inclined plane. And, you know, St. Josemaria had a very, very well-defined kind of um, choleric temperament. His personality was, was, um, was extraordinary. I mean, he had many, um, many uh, gifts in communicating with people. And he was very funny. He was very, he was exuberant. He was um, joyful. <clears throat> But at the same time, he could, he knew that he needed direction because sometimes he could be, um, you get angry or he could correct with a certain force. And he himself recognized that. And he said, I'm sorry to many people when he said, you know, my daughter, my son, I needed to correct you with, you know, with, with passion and, and, you know, say something very clearly that may have hurt, but you know, I I am sorry if I caused any distress in you, but I needed to tell you because that's my role as as pastor. You know, as, as leading you up an inclined plane. Well, you know, with Saint Josemaria's personality, which was which was very, you know, um, very large, very big. It was just an amazing person. You can imagine how difficult it would be to guide. A person like that. I mean, we can compare kind of the same as Maria's personality to to Saint Paul's. You know, just 
very extroverted. Well, it, it is very difficult to guide a St. Paul, to guide one of these greats, you know. And yet Danalvaro had the fortitude. He had the, the strength, the courage to, one, be docile to St. Maria because he was the founder, and at the same time to guide him in what referred to his personal life and his personal going up the inclined plane of holiness. That takes a lot of virtue. And that is something that we can ask for today. Lord, we, we need that fortitude of Blessed Alvaro because we need to lead others up the inclined plane and we also need even more fortitude in order to subdue our own personality. Just because Don Alvaro was quiet and in the background, perhaps most of his life, next to St. Maria, and he appeared that way, doesn't mean that he did not have a big personality himself. In fact, when he was young, he, you know, people were amazed at how, <clears throat> how outgoing he was. And, 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 and at the same time, how he became very meek himself. The biographer of, of uh, Blessed Alvaro, John Coverdale, in his book Saxum, precisely talks about that. He says how, how Don Alvaro's meekness was an acquired virtue. It was not something that, that he had naturally, but he worked at it. And he, you know, he controlled his personality so that he could serve more people and, and let the charity of Christ inform his actions and his thoughts and his words. One time, um, Blessed Alvaro, when he was young, he was a young engineer. He had worked on a technical problem, solving a, like a math problem or a physics problem or something like that. That took him a long time. Perhaps he, you know, he had worked on on this problem for a week or several days. It was certainly um, big, not trivial. And he had all his papers there on his desk. And then he found out that his little brother. Um, came up to his room once and then saw all these papers and he started to draw on them and then, um, you know, use them for whatever you have to play with. And, and basically when Ben Alvaro came back, he found out that all his work was gone. It was lost and it was destroyed. And his brother remembers how he, how, how much of a mistake he had made, you know, and how big his mistake was in using Alvaro's papers for his own drawing or whatever. And and yet his brother Alvaro corrected him, explained things very clearly to him that that was wrong and that he should not do it again and that he should be more aware of other people's, you know, things. And yet he did not go overboard in in reprimanding him or in yelling at him or in being upset, you know. And then after that, he was, he was calm. He was fine. No, but it, it took a lot of fortitude to, to, to temper that, that character of his, you know, and then actually be able to correct and let the truth shine out. 
that's the fortitude of Saxum, you know. That's the fortitude that Saint Josemaria had noticed, who, you know, who then was able to choose him as a spiritual director, uh, perhaps for that very reason. Here's a point of the way that Saint Josemaria writes about, and I think this is something that we could live because it is certainly something that Blessed Alvaro lived. It's point six fifteen. Temper your will. Strengthen your will. With God's grace, let it be like a sword of steel. Only by being strong-willed, really strong-willed, you know, can you know how not to be so in order to obey. Okay, it's very, it's kind of tricky. In order to not be so strong-willed, in order to obey, so in order not to put obstacles when somebody asks you to do something or tells you to do something, your father, your mother, or your boss, or your husband, or whomever, your wife, you have to be very strong-willed so that you don't say no to that, so that you kind of just you know, say, yes, honey, or yes, mom, or yes, dad. That requires fortitude. It requires tempering our character, our will. You know, so that we don't come out yelling and, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I, I refuse to do that. No, no. no. You see, yelling is not, uh, people think that when you yell, you're, you're, you you look strong. Oh, man, I'm really scared of him because he's going to yell at me and he's really tough. No. The person who yells most is the person who is the weakest, actually. You know, think about that. It's the people who actually think and use their reason and use their fortitude to control their character that actually get things done and get the farthest with people. Those are the people that have learned to to subdue their their first kind of reactions to injustice or or you know their emotions. They don't let their emotions just drive. And they can actually learn how to integrate, more than subdue, I would say integrate their, their character into their person with reason enlightened by faith. That's basically what Don Alvaro did. And that's what we can do as well. You know, Don Alvaro was also emotional. He was not exempt from emotions, and, and emotions are good. But they have to be educated. They have to be integrated into our person with reason, enlightened by faith. When he started off in Opus Dei, because he had fallen in love with God, he was so enthused about um, his call, about his vocation. You know, he was not a, a person who was afraid of commitment. He gave himself. And we can learn from that because right now so many people are afraid of making a commitment. So many people are afraid of getting married. Oh, I just want to make more money and I don't know. And, and I'm afraid of, you know, um, taking a step towards a celibate vocation. What if that's not my call? And, you know, I didn't think that way. He, he saw the good that could come out of his dedication and he went for it. And yet, after a while, he lost the enthusiasm. And he even writes to St. Jose Maria, 
my enthusiasm is gone. He was having kind of little doubts of, you know, whether or not he could persevere in this vocation that he has said yes to. And St. Zemiria even makes this, uh, makes his letter a point of the way, 994. My enthusiasm is gone, you wrote to me. Yours has to be a work, not of enthusiasm, but of love. Conscious of duty, which means self-denial. And here's another point that is very pertinent. To begin is for everyone. To persevere is for saints. May your perseverance not be a blind consequence of the first impulse, the effect of inertia. May it be a reflective perseverance. May it be a reflective perseverance. How are we going to get this strength in order to be the living stone which people can step on and actually feel sure-footed? How are we going to get that fortitude, that courage to be able to stand up for the truth and then persevere in it? It's not going to be the blind impulse of our enthusiasm. It's not going to be our personality. It's not going to be our, the strength of our will. We're not Pelagian. We're not Nietzschean. You know, the will to power. None of that. It's going to be a gift that we receive and we receive that gift in prayer. That's why Donalvaro was strong, because he was a man of prayer. He did not let the little things actually get to the, the structure of the rock. St. Jose Maria, in one of those letters that he wrote in the 1930s to Donalvaro, calling him Saxum, he also wrote to him, warning him a little bit, listen, the strength of the rock, is not compromised by the hammer or by a pickaxe or any blunt instrument. It's not the big things that, that kill the strength of the rock. He says, but drops of water, those will seep in and crack the rock and eventually turn it into sand. See, so what do we have to do today? What do we have to do in order to be living stones that could be used by the Holy Spirit to build up the church? We have to take care of of the little things ourselves. We have to be people of prayer, people of reason, who actually think, not just reactive. Because if we're just reactive, we're letting our emotions get in the way. You know, we can yell, we can scream, we can we can feel sad, we can cry, we can do all sorts of things, but if we don't stop to think in a reflective way, in our prayer especially, but also just stopping to think, then we will not persevere. We, you know, and, and we need strength to persevere to the end. And, and so our perseverance will come from that reflection. Our faithfulness will come from that reflection, reflective uh, prayer. And, and, and that is exactly where Don Alvaro got it from. We have to be living stones. Lord, we pray for the strength because we can help so many people and also, you know, I think that Alvaro's merit lies in, in helping St. Maria, in helping him go up the inclined plane of holiness without being stymied or saying, well, he's the father, I don't know, who am I to tell him? No. He had a commitment to truth. He had a commitment to God. He had his priorities straight, and he was able to look at God straight in the eye and say, in conscience, Lord, if this is what you allow me to see that needs 
correcting in Saint Jose Maria, then I have to say it. Give me the strength to be able to tell it to him without giving into human respect. You know, and there's, you know, we we have to do that with our children. We have to do that even with people who are above us, who are better than us, especially because they're better than us. Perhaps that we owe them, you know, a correction in charity and in justice, so that they too can make it uh, up the incline plane of holiness in a faster way, because they may get there faster than we, because they're better than we are. Well, that's wonderful. Glory be to God. One time, the Navarro corrected saint jose maria and and for some reason um saint jose maria resented it and um he was um chatting one day um writes pilar urbano in her biography of saint jose maria uh, while the construction at villa tevere was going on with his with several of his daughters with women in opus day spiritual daughters showing them how the work was progressing. And all of a sudden, without further warning, um, St. Jose Maria says, leaning on the bar of the scaffolding, he confided, the Navarro corrected me today. It was hard to accept. So much so that I went to the oratory for a moment. Once there, I said, Lord, Alvaro's right and I'm wrong. But after a second, I said, no, no, Lord. This time I am right. Alvaro doesn't let me get away with a single thing, and that doesn't seem like affection but cruelty. And then I said, Thank you, Lord, for placing my son Alvaro near me, who is so fond of me that he doesn't let me get away with a single thing. He turned toward Don Alvaro, who was right there, who had been listening in silence, smiled at him and said, God bless you, Alvaro, my son. Well, you see... Saint Jose Maria found it difficult, and the Navarro, even with with um, you know, with all this um, responsibility, he did not hide. He went for it, and he mustered up, you know, the the courage to be able to stand up and correct Saint Jose Maria in little things or in bigger things. It doesn't matter. That's what he did, and that's why he himself somehow also participated in the fortitude of Jesus, who is the rock, right? Because he was able to build the church with, you know, by, by uh, he was able to be the instrument for the Holy Spirit to build a, or to chisel a living stone, which was St. Josemaria, and in so doing, he himself had to also suffer because it's always difficult to correct. It's always difficult to do that, but he bore that patiently, and that's why he is saxum. Well, today, as we end our prayer, let us turn to saxum's intercession so that we too can be living stones that don't, as St. Josemaria says in the way, move from the firing range of the Holy Spirit, let's say. Don't move, because if we move, you know what? He says, we're going to get hacked anyway, but then we'll be useless rubble. And then we'll be not rocks, but stumbling blocks, you know? And then we will actually not be good for anything except to trip people. So if we're going to be hacked away anyway, 
let's let's not move from you know those corrections that we can get and then as well we too have to contribute to the building of others by being good and docile instruments of the holy spirit so that we can help others and lead them up an inclined plane just like the Navarro did himself well let us turn to our lady who was a rock herself she was there well everybody ran away she was there at the foot of the cross well everybody was probably fighting in you know holy saturday and and pointing fingers at each other you know you 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 left you you denied him you didn't no she was there uniting the church together and while everybody was perplexed because Jesus had left, we're going to celebrate the Ascension soon, she was there as a light waiting for the Holy Spirit where courage actually comes from. Let us ask her to uh, make us good instruments in building up the church with the help of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.